0: Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on
1: Zoomer Radio. And we are back with uh, Dr. Magda Havis. Uh, she stays with us right through until we uh, dim the lights and say good night. And we are talking about the adverse health effects of 5G set to roll out. Is it 2020 or 2021?
2: 2020. They're actually rolling it out now and testing it in different communities.
1: And do communities have any say in this? I mean, how is this being, how is this being managed? Who who is who are the decision makers that decide that five G is coming to my neighborhood, for example?
2: Uh, no one has any right to stop it. Uh, it comes from the federal government, um, and it's even I think it's worse in the United States. Although we're we're very much following the rollout in the United States. Um, so communities don't have the ability to protest. Um, the, the antennas are actually going to go on lampposts and um, existing posts. So there won't be any new posts being put up for the normal small cells. There'll be some bigger ones um, for which um, I think they'll bring it to the community and have them uh, provide some input. But in the past, when... Uh, 4G was rolled out. Um, Communities basically didn't have any say about it. Um, They would have public meetings, but ultimately Industry Canada would decide um, what they wanted to do and where they wanted to put it, Um, and uh, communities had virtually no say. They don't have any say about 5G either. So it's a real infringement of our freedom, uh, our privacy, our security, our safety, and our health.
1: And this, despite thousands upon thousands upon thousands of uh, peer-reviewed studies, long-term epidemiological studies showing adverse health effects of this type of radiation.
2: That's right, and that includes laboratory studies as well. There were two large laboratory studies that uh, came out uh, just this year and last year. One was the National Toxicology Program study. In 2011, uh, radiofrequency and microwave radiation were classified as a possible human carcinogen. And what was missing to make that a probable human carcinogen or carcinogenic were lab studies. And since then, two very large multimillion-dollar studies have been published, and they're showing that there's an increase in gliomas in rats, for example, and there's an increase in a tumor of the heart called a schwannoma which is very similar to the acoustic neuroma that I was talking about. It's the same cells that are affecting the nerves in the ear. In the mice, it was showing up in the heart, but it's the same cells. Um, and so two of the cancers that are showing up in people are were actually showing up in, in the rat study from the National Toxicology Program. And just this year, the Ramazzini Institute, which is an Italian uh, organization, released their study looking at even lower intensities, and they basically... Um, same thing: gliomas and uh, um, heart schwannomas
1: uh, in the rats and the mice. Uh, Phil Coppens, who was a uh, uh, well, he was a frequent uh, guest on Ancient Aliens and a, a, an author uh, about UFOs and so forth. Terrific fellow, and uh, he he died of a very quickly a rare form of heart cancer, which I would never heard before about heart cancer. And uh, I, I know people that knew Phil quite well, and they said he was always walking around. He had two cell phones, one for business, one for family, and he carried them around in the breast pocket of his uh, of his shirt.
2: It was probably associated with a cell phone. Women who carry their uh, cell phone in their bra, uh, who store it there and then have a headset, you know, that they listen to the phone. Um, there was a study done by Dr. West that came out a few years ago showing that, these women, after ten years, develop tumors immediately under where the cell phone is.
1: All right, I'm gonna to go to the phones and then after that we will we will uh, circle back to uh, to autism. Uh, Nelson is checking in from Toronto our media scientist friend hey Nelson hey
3: Richard uh, great show once again great topic. thank you uh, Rich um, a couple of things I'm reminded of uh, you produced a show in which we reported an incident here in Toronto where a Nimrod. Plane crashed at the uh, public uh, CNE, and at that time it was reported that it was microwave radiation that brought down the plane, as well as Tom Bearden's Oblivion book, in which he talks about how there, you can use microwave to put thoughts in people's head and have actually used them to cause planes to crash. So we did shows on that back in the 90s, and I think what this young lady's doing is a great yeoman service to just identify how. You know, all the evils of microwave radiation, it's not just being used as weaponry to shoot down, uh, take down planes, but it also can be used to
1: create fires in the home. Well, you know, when you think about it, they've been using microwave technology or microwaves as a weapon mm-hmm. since the Second World War. That's 75 years ago. Yeah. I, mean, what can, what, I, I can't, yeah, I shudder to think tuning. about what they're capable of, yeah, what they could do with it now.
3: Yeah, and I, the, probably what they're going to do is cause to put thoughts in people's heads, and it controls people's emotions with it. And they can put thoughts in people's heads through it, and so they can do all. And they can put voices in people's heads as well. You'll start to hear voices, and it's just uh, being shot at you as a beam. Very powerful uh, technology. Hopefully, the public will become schooled and understand it, but I doubt it.
1: Nelson, thank you as always. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, that's a whole that's a whole other topic. And, and, uh, you know, not a week goes by uh, where I don't get an email uh, or a call from someone who believes that they are being targeted for (laughs) electronic harassment or torture. Uh, And, you know, when these reports came out of Cuba, for example, about embassy staff, that was vindication to a lot of people. They were saying, aha, you see, we told you so. But um, I I want to, maybe if time permits, we'll get back to to that in a moment. But I wanted to circle back to autism and vaccines. And I know this is a, it's become a taboo topic now. Uh, the national post ran a headline a couple of weeks ago, uh, basically outing a couple of people who were with the, uh, I guess the chiropractor chiropractic association or something. And uh, saying, Oh, these people have spoken out against vaccines. Well, I mean, <laughs> people in chiropractic have been speaking out about vaccines for decades and decades. Uh, but now it's, uh, it's, it's being used as a kind of as a a bludgeon to silence people. Oh, you speak out against vaccines. And I know there've been recent studies again, pointing out that there is no causation between vaccines and autism. But again, if we're talking about, they, they speak about autism as if it's one disorder. And I mean, it could be a collection of things could, for example, 5g or 4g, uh, working in concert with the heavy metals that are already in our bodies and that are added to because of vaccines, I mean, it could be a contributing factor. It may not be the cause, but it could be one of the causes, perhaps in conjunction with microwave uh, radiation.
2: What do you think? Well, there's actually some evidence uh, to support that concept. Um, People who have mercury amalgam fillings in their mouth, mercury is a neurotoxin. And, you know, your filling might be 30, 40 years old, um, but every time you chew, a little bit of that mercury um, is dissolved in your saliva and gets into your body. And um, there was several studies done, one looking at cell phones, and they found that co-eds um, who use their cell phone um, and, you know, placed it next to their head, after using a cell phone, there was more mercury released in the body. So it's actually causing... Um, the um, dissolution of mercury and uh, increasing um, it metabolically, increasing it because as long as it's in your tooth, it's okay, but once it gets into your bloodstream, it, it becomes uh, metabolically active. Uh, there's also evidence that um, microwave radiation interferes with the blood-brain barrier. It causes um, the blood-brain barrier to allow things to get into the brain that normally are kept out of it. And um, doctors are aware of this, and they're actually um, using uh, microwaves in hospitals. When they want to give you a drug that is supposed to get into the brain, they will expose your head to uh, microwave radiation, open up that blood-brain barrier, and then the drug can, can get in much more easily, and then the blood-brain barrier slowly closes up again. So if you're using a cell phone and you've got mercury amalgam or other mercury in your body, then that mercury can actually get into the brain. And mercury is a neurotoxin. It kills nerve cells and um, can do a heck of a lot of damage. So it could be that synergistic interaction between those two uh, working together.
1: Right, right. So again, everyone's saying, well, vaccines are not the cause. Well, okay. But could they be working, as you say, in concert with other things? And, you know, if microwave radiation is allowing those heavy metals that are in all our bodies... Uh, whether it's from uh, the water we drink or the food that we eat or from vaccines, then then we need to look at that as well. Exactly. Uh, All right. Randy is in Pittsburgh. Randy, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good evening. Good morning.
4: Uh, Good evening, Richard. Good evening, Doctor. Uh, Very, very thought-provoking show you have on this evening. Very interesting. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I would like to, before I... um, Get into what I wanted to talk about. I would like to uh, write down the name. Of, I didn't quite catch the name of the book. I want to write that down.
2: Public Health SOS.
4: Public the Health. Side,
2: S- the I'm, side, sh- the shadow side of the wireless revolution.
4: Okay, thank you very much, Doctor. Uh, I would like to. I wanted to ask you. Uh, last last August, there was a uh, Doctor uh, Pang on the radio from uh, Trinity EyeCare dot com and. He discussed uh, extensively the effects of uh, blue light, which he said comes from um, anything that has LED uh, light coming from it, whether it's the bulbs or headlights on cars, cell phones, computers that can lead to retinal damage Mm -hmm. and or blindness. And I just wonder what your comments were on that.
2: Well, you know, um, we've we've moved away from the incandescent light bulb because it's not energy efficient. And... The lighting that has been produced, the compact fluorescent light bulbs and the LEDs are actually not very good for the eyes. They're really poorly designed. Um, There's far too much blue and not enough red light, um, and so that can cause damage to the eyes, and it can interfere with your sleep as well. Blue light and white light are particularly good in the morning uh, for people who have seasonal affective disorder, SAD, uh, because it, it mimics the, the sun, um, and so it can help you with alertness. But if you're exposed to that light during the day and just before you go to bed, then it can cause a, a, a lot of um, miscommunication with the, um, your, the, the hormones and the neurotransmitters in your body. Um, Not only that, we've done studies with light because people who are electrically hypersensitive tell me that um, they can't tolerate fluorescent light bulbs, that it just gives them a headache, uh, they feel ill when they're exposed, and so we did a study looking at what kinds of frequencies they emit, and so the blue light uh, is part of the problem. All right,
1: uh, Magda, I've got to jump in here. Apologies. We'll finish up on this thought when we come back. Randy, hold on in case you have a supplementary. Back with more of our discussion on the dangers of 5G when The Conspiracy Show returns. Don't go away.
0: You're listening to The Conspiracy Show
1: with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. And we are back. Uh, Last call to the phone lines. Uh, We have... uh, well, if there's no line available, just uh, when someone drops off, when we take their call, then jump on board at 416 740 416 in the greater Toronto area and toll free from anywhere, really. 1-866-740-4740. 1-866-740-4740. Let's, we were finishing up with uh, Randy from uh, Pittsburgh and, um, uh, Where were we now, uh, Magda? You were We're
2: talking about lights, um, and I mentioned that with fluorescent lights, um, the the blue part of the spectrum is a problem because it's not not continuous. Um, There's too little red in these lights. Um, The other problem is they emit radio frequency radiation, believe it or not. They emit um, dirty electricity, um, and they flicker. And this flicker is really very dangerous, and um, there's a, a product that you can buy, and I, once again, I strongly encourage people buy this, because you've got lights in your house, and you should test how good they are, and you've got your computer and television screens as well. And the name of the company is Sensora.com, it's S-E-N-S-O-R-A.com, and the product is called a Light bee, L-I-G-H-T-B-E-E, like the buzzing bee, light bee, right. um, and it costs about $100. It's well worth getting, and basically you point it at a light source, and it will give you a sound, and that sound is the flicker that you hear, and you shouldn't hear any flicker. So when you point it at in an incandescent bulb, it's really quite quiet. You point it at the sun, it's quiet, and if you point it at certain lights, it will just scream, and those are the lights you have to get rid of. So um, people who are sensitive uh, don't like them, and the rest of us Uh, use them and we get, you know, very tired eyes. And eyes after um, looking at a screen for a long time, you know, it's hard to focus. And that's because of this um, constant flicker that we're exposed to.
1: Randy from Pittsburgh, did you have a a follow-up question?
4: Uh, No, just a quick follow-up comment. I mean, you had mentioned about uh, the uh, fluorescent lights giving people headaches. I know when my mother went to the grocery store and all those fluorescent lights beaming down, she would very often get headaches. So, know exactly what you're talking about. and uh, Also, concerning the um, the incandescent bulbs, I mean, certainly the LEDs and the fluorescents are more energy efficient, but it's just sad that um, <clears throat> our society gets all these uh, new technology components, which are, I guess, better in one way or another, but if it's at the cost of ruining our physical and or mental health, I, I think it's not worth it.
2: <laughs> I agree with you entirely.
4: So, thank you, for Andy. Thank you. Have a good evening. Uh,
1: uh, Peter from, uh, I think I'll take Peter from Buffalo after the break, because we're coming up on another break. This is a short segment, but I wanted to ask you quickly about cardiomyopathy, uh, which I guess is kind of a precursor to heart failure or heart attacks. Uh, what's the connection between microwave radiation, 4G, 3G, 4G, 5G and my, uh, cardiomyopathy?
2: Well, with 5G, we don't know yet. Um, We've done a few experiments uh, looking at how the heart's affected by microwave radiation, and um, there's two things that happen. One is um, microwave radiation affects the blood, um, and uh, the blood begins um, to stick together. The blood cells stick together for people who are electrically sensitive, which means that instead of individual cells going through um, a capillary, you've now got clumps of cells that are trying to get through a capillary. So the possibility, one of the worst possibilities you can get from this is either a heart attack or a stroke, um, depending on on the health of your capillaries and your arteries. Um, That's one thing. The other thing we noticed is that for some people, um, it affects their heart rate. And some people develop an irregular heart rate when they're exposed, or they develop a really rapid heart rate. And uh, very often these people tell me that um, they feel like they're having a heart attack. Suddenly their heart will just start pounding. Um, It feels like an anxiety attack and feels like it could be a heart attack. And very often it's because of the um, microwave radiation stimulating the heart and interfering with the circulation of the blood.
1: My word. We are... We're going to face just a tsunami of disease, degenerative conditions, probably as a result of this, aren't we?
2: I can't think of anything that we've done in the environment. And I'm, a, I'm an environmental toxicologist, and you know I've studied things like lead pollution and asbestos and you know, DDT, all of those things. And this is the worst thing that we're doing, not only from the perspective of human health, Uh, But there's evidence that it's affecting biota as well. Um, It affects bird populations. It affects trees. We've done experiments with bees. Uh, The bees are adversely affected with microwave radiation. Um, And one of the key um, issues with um, 5G is that it's going to adversely affect insect populations because the size of the insect and the size of the wavelength of 5G is very, very similar and so, most scientists in this area think it's going to decimate the insect population, which will have repercussions on on everything.
1: I mean, we, we really. I mean, even if we're not 100% sure, even if we're 75% sure, we need to be slamming on the brakes and rethinking this. But there is there's no consideration for doing any of that. They're just they're just going to ram this through. And there's really, at this point, nothing, it seems, that we can do about it. We'll uh, take uh, more calls. Peter from Buffalo, you are next. Hold on. Dr. Magda Havis stays with us here on The Conspiracy Show.
0: Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty, or toll free at one eight six six seven forty four seven forty.
1: And back to the phones we go. And Peter checks in from Buffalo. Peter, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Good morning.
5: Hi, you guys. Uh, Great show. Another great one. Uh, I'm wondering. uh, I observe birds in the Buffalo Harbor from a observation tower. That has a uh, radar uh, thing twirling on top of it. Maybe it's about, uh, the bar is about, oh, three, three and a half feet long. Uh, I guess they want to monitor the water intake in Buffalo Harbor for any kind of a terrorist attack. But um, it's right on top of the tower. It has a cement roof, and I'm sitting just about directly under this thing, sometimes hours on end, trying to spot uh, uncommon birds out in the harbor. Uh, So there's cement in between me uh, and the thing, but actually, I think maybe sometimes it does, the bar does overlap uh, where I'm sitting. Uh, I kind of hate to ask the question, but uh, what am I in for?
2: Well, what I would encourage you is to get that Acousticom 2 meter that I mentioned. Okay. And you can actually measure your your exposure. Um, Very often, when you have uh, an antenna, it's pointing, it's Pointing away, uh, a certain amount of the radiation actually goes underneath the antenna. So you could be exposed to a lot. You might be exposed to very little, uh, depending on how the antenna is configured um, and how far away you are from it. But the best way to find out is to get one of those um, inexpensive meters and just measure it. It has a scale on it from green to amber to red. Um, and that basically tells you whether, you know, if you're in the green, you're fine. If you're amber, you wouldn't want to be there for long, and if you're red, you don't want to be there for any length of time, so you can actually determine what you're exposed to. If you find that you are exposed, um, then one of the things you can do is take something like an umbrella and cover it with um, this silver fabric and shield yourself from the radiation. So you can still be there, but you can shield yourself from the radiation. And that fabric is available from the safe living technology that I mentioned. It's also, uh, a lot of the callers are from the United States. There's a company called LESSEMF.com, L-E-S-S-E-M-F.com, and they sell all the products as well.
1: All right Peter thank you and good luck. Yes did you have you had a follow
5: up? Yeah sure uh, a couple things. Uh also I observe from a point that's on the water um maybe uh, oh, I don't know um quarter mile half mile from this uh maybe a little more three quarters of a mile from this uh radar uh thing uh I guess in that situation I'd be getting bombarded by uh uh the uh the radar waves.
2: Right. Actually, radar reflects off of water. So if you've got, um, um, you know, a body of water and radar, you can get some of it reflecting off of the water as well. So you've got a double whammy, one coming directly from the antennas and then another reflecting off water or other, you know, metal objects that you might be near.
6: Mm,
5: Okay. Uh, And just one last question, if I may. Uh, I have a uh, storage room that... um, When I'm out of the house, I like to keep a compact fluorescent bulb burning in there just because it uses so little electricity.
6: Mm -hmm.
5: But I store dried food in that room, Uh, not freeze-dried, just like grains and beans. Um, You know, it's cool in there, especially in the wintertime, so I think it's a good place to keep things. But um, uh, considering that the food is maybe, um, I don't know, um, uh, 10 feet away or so uh, uh, from the bulb, uh, maybe a little more, I think it might be a good idea if I switch that light bulb to a um, incandescent.
2: I don't think that light bulb will affect the food quality in any substantial way. So I don't think you have a problem with that.
5: Okay. Okay. Thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you,
1: Peter. Call again. Uh, Let's check in with Roy from Cambridge. Roy, go ahead. You're on The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. Hello, Roy. Are you there? Roy in Cambridge. Going once, twice, three times. Okay. Um, the total health show. Talk a little bit about. Uh, well, tell us when uh, when you're going to be uh, taking the stage, Magda. I'm going.
2: I'm going to be on uh, Saturday. I think that's the. Is it the 13th? Um, I think it is Saturday the 13th um, at four o'clock, and I'll be talking about uh, 5G technology. And then that evening, we have uh, Tesla Medicine with Robert Connolly, who was on your show last week, um, and he's got several people who will be talking about various things related to uh, Tesla Medicine. I'm going to be talking about ultraviolet uh, radiation. Other people are going to be talking about light and pulsed electromagnetic fields. So uh, it should be a fun evening. Uh, the workshop in the evening uh, runs for about three hours, and I think the cost for that is $20 um, coming to listen to me. It's part of the, um, you know, coming in and, and for the program for the total health show. So you don't have to pay anything extra.
1: All right. Let's say hi to Richard from Toronto. Richard, go ahead. You're on the uh, line with Dr. Magda Havis.
4: Great. Thanks. <clears throat> really good show today. Um, I thought it was interesting about the microwaves and uh, what they're emitting. Uh, I think that maybe it's a coincidence or something like that, that, If you look at countries in the world that don't have a high usage of microwaves, there's a correlation between that and lower risks of cancer. And if you look at, I guess, uh, the trending of uh, our population in North America with the levels of cancer increasing, there's probably not a household in North America that doesn't have a microwave as well as their business. So, as long as there are some studies that have been taking place that show a correlation between high usage of Uh, exposure to microwaves and the increase in cancer rates. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Richard. There are um, two studies that I know of. Um, It's not microwaves in the form of a microwave oven, but there are two studies that are um, currently just recently published. Uh, One was in England, and they found uh, that there's an increase in gliomas, which is that brain tumor I mentioned to you, uh, from the period of 1995 to 2015. And that was the period in the 1990s was really when, you know, cell phone usage escalated. Um, the prescript, the subscriptions for cell phones went from less than 5% of the population to over 100% in the United Kingdom. So some people were having multiple subscriptions for cell phones. And during that period, there's an increase in glioma it was found only in the temporal lobe and in the frontal lobe, which are the two parts of your brain that get the most amount of uh, radiation from cell phones. And a few years earlier, a similar study was done in California, and three different cancer registries showed exactly the same thing. That one type of tumor, and it was actually um, the glioblastoma multiforma, which is a stage four glioma, which means it's metastasized. It's one of the most, um, it's the fastest growing brain tumor. And um, uh, with that one as well, there was an increase over that period of cell phone use. So we have that information. There's also evidence that there's an increase in thyroid cancer, um, mostly among women, and that's happening globally. Um, And when you have a cell phone sometimes the antenna is at the base of the phone, sometimes it's at the top, sometimes it's at the side, and so your, your thyroid gland is likely to be affected by that radiation as well, and so the question is um, what percentage of the increase in thyroid tumors, particularly in women, are associated with cell phone radiation?
1: Mm. Uh, Richard, thank you for the call. The people that are pushing 5G are they any different, any better than the CEOs of the tobacco companies uh, you know, that are responsible for the deaths of millions and millions of people?
2: Well, I
6: okay,
1: guess we'll I have could. to leave that as a rhetorical okay. question. We're out of time. But uh, okay. Dr. Havis, thank you so much for this. And we'll, uh, we'll look for you Saturday, April the 13th at the Total Health Show. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Richard.
1: Dr. Magda Havis, my thanks to Owen Wolfe, Albert Venzel and Ryan, my live stream producer, back next week with a brand new show. Hope you'll be along for the ride in the meantime. Don't be afraid. There is nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Or at least up the stairs. Good night.
0: be afraid of the dark the conspiracy show with richard sarat from zoomer radio to talk to richard call 416-360-0740 or toll free
1: 1-866-740-4740 hey welcome back yes get on board and we will get to your calls after the top of the hour because dr magda Havas stays with us for the uh, duration and she will be a speaker at the total health show happening april 12th to the 14th that's at the metro toronto convention center that's north america's premier natural health show bringing cutting-edge knowledge to canadians from the leading innovators in the natural health field for 42 years and uh, uh we have uh, we uh, we had your uh, your colleague Uh, Robert Conley, documentary filmmaker Bob Conley, on the program last week and of course he is presenting his uh, documentary on uh, Tesla medicine some 10 years in the making and uh, Tesla of course is uh, uh, well not officially credited with discovering uh, x-rays but he was certainly working on it at the same time as the I believe it was a German who was given official credit but you wanted to talk about uh, x-rays Magda.
2: Well, when x-rays were first um, discovered, um, shoe stores started using them to help fit children's shoes, thinking, you know, this is great, a child can't tell if the shoe is too tight. So you can go into a a shoe store, look through something called a fluoroscope, which was basically an x-ray, and the child would put his foot under and wiggle his toes with the shoe on, and the mother would look through one eyepiece, and the, the store clerk would look through the other eyepiece, and they could tell whether the shoe was, you know, going to... Um, fit the foot and whether, you know, the child's foot would um, grow into the shoe if it was slightly larger. And uh, once we realized that x-rays were dangerous, um, this was no longer done. Obviously, it's a stupid use of the technology. I call it frivolous. um, And exactly the same thing is happening now with microwave radiation. So there are Chinese uh, inventors who have designed a diaper it has a microchip in it um, that when it gets wet, it sends the mother's uh, cell phone a message saying, change Johnny's diaper, which is up. Oh, my. Um, and there's soothers that you can buy for infants. Um, and basically, the soother has a thermometer in it. So you put the, the soother in the infant's mouth, um, and it will send uh, through radio frequencies to the mother's phone uh, Johnny's temperature. And, you know, we don't allow kids to put their cell phones next to their head. We advise everyone to not put their cell phone next to their head. Yet we're putting a microwave transmitter inside the mouth of an infant. I mean, Oh, dear so, Lord. Exactly. So, you know, and these technologies are already available. They're 4G technology. Uh, we have baby monitors that parents are using to protect their children. And they're basically emitting microwaves 24-7, and so in the attempt of trying to protect your child, you're actually exposing them to microwaves that, you know, with the monitor really close to the infant's crib, Uh, and so you're doing a lot more damage than good. And we need to educate parents that they shouldn't buy these products. I mean, these are not only frivolous, they're actually dangerous. The Federal Communication Commission and Health Canada should be banning this kind of use of technology, but they're allowing it to happen. And what's really intriguing for me is that uh, baby monitors in Europe are sound activated, which means you can have one of these baby monitors next to a crib. There's absolutely no microwave radiation until the baby makes a sound, and then it transmits, and then it turns off again. Uh, Whereas here in North America, they're transmitting 24-7. As long as they're plugged in, they're transmitting. And we tried to bring over some of these monitors to Canada, and we were told that uh, it was forbidden to bring them to North America because the federal communication has banned these kinds of monitors uh, that don't emit all the time. And, you know, when you push and find out, well, what's the reason for, for um, preventing them from coming here? And the FCC said, well, um, it interferes with communication, which is absolute nonsense how can something that doesn't transmit interfere with, you know, microwave communication? So we're giving, uh, we're getting false information and we're having exposure in our homes to some of the worst technology that you can imagine uh, because no one is is controlling it properly.
1: Have there been long-term epidemiological studies on uh, exposure, long-term exposure, Uh, some of these EMF frequencies and microwaves?
2: Oh, most definitely. And uh, the the things that they're showing uh, is that um, they're showing an increase in cancers, as I mentioned already. Uh, They're showing reproductive problems. We know that sperm are very, very sensitive to microwave radiation. There's been over two dozen studies now that showing men who keep their cell phone in their pocket and use their cell phone for hours at a time, hours um, each day, um, have sperm that will not first they have fewer sperm they have sperm that do not swim well they have sperm uh, that are dying very quickly and they're having deformed sperm as well and uh you probably you know realize this but uh we're having problems with fertility in North America uh couples are having a hard time having babies and part of the reason is um, the cell phone uh kept in a man's pocket Similarly with the laptop computer that, you know, you hold in your lap, you're on Wi-Fi, and basically you're uh, irradiating your genitals, and that's the same for females as well. The major difference difference between males and females is that males reproduce their sperm every three months, so you can have fresh sperm, which means that if you want to get pregnant, if you want to get your partner pregnant, um, don't use a cell phone for at least three months so that you've got nice, fresh, clean sperm. But women are born with all their aches. So once you damage um, the aches uh, of a young girl, for example, sitting in a Wi-Fi classroom, you've basically interfered with her ability to reproduce.
1: Right, right. And while the sperm may replenish and the motility will improve once it's separated from, from Wi-Fi after about three months, but if you damage the DNA... That's forever, right?
2: That's right, yeah. And then you end up, yeah, it, that, that's pretty serious. And then you have um, uh, deformities in the offspring, um, that, you know, coming the next generation. So we've got, you know, we've got not only electrohypersensitivity, that's basically a neurological, neurological disorders are classified as electrohypersensitivity. We've got a whole slew of different types of cancers. The cancers are growing much more rapidly And younger people are coming down with cancers that were originally uh, restricted to the elderly. And then you've got reproductive problems as well. So those are the sort of three classifications of problems that have been repeatedly documented in the literature with current exposures. So you add 5G to that, and we've got a really toxic soup because uh, the 4G is not going to go away. We're not replacing 4G. We're simply augmenting it with 5G.
1: So we're stacking levels and layers of radiation upon layers of radiation. Correct. And that's what we're talking about here. This is it's radiation, folks. Uh, Now, the the uh, the industry people, they would counter and say, well, it's non ionizing radiation. I think that's the argument they use. That's the one they like to, to use. Right. It's non ionizing and therefore it's not dangerous. How do you we've got about a minute here. How do you counter that argument?
2: Well, that's a really easy one to counter. Um, when it comes to non-ionizing radiation, which is what we're talking about with microwaves, they interfere with repair mechanisms, so they don't have to ionize anything. Uh, your body produces something called free radicals during normal functioning, and our bodies neutralize free radicals. If you don't neutralize those free radicals, they can cause all sorts of problems, including the ones we've mentioned and including cancer. So if you simply interfere with the repair mechanism, which is what microwaves are doing, then you've got an increase in free radicals and you've got cancer promotion. So um, the mechanism is totally different than with ionizing radiation, but both cause cancer.
1: All right, uh, Dr. Havis, uh, get yourself some water and uh, let's settle in for hour two as we continue to delve into the health risks. Adverse health risks of 5G, the wireless technology coming at us like a freight train set to roll out worldwide by 2020 or 2021 at the latest. And your phone calls as well. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that easy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to everyone listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in Toronto. And those of you catching us on one of our affiliate stations, Across North America, from Alaska to New Mexico and all parts in between. Hi to those of you listening in via the Zoomer radio app and the Conspiracy Show app. Of uh, Those of you watching us on our YouTube live stream, uh, and we are streaming live tonight on our YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Uh, take a moment and, and subscribe. Uh, we have uh, passed the 16,000 sub mark, and we're trying to get to 20,000 20, as soon as we can. And and finally, to all of those faithful who gather each week in the YouTube live chat room, however, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, more of, of my uh, conversation with Dr. Magda Havis and the dangers of 5G in just a moment, along with your calls. And again, the phone lines now open for questions and comments. Let me give you those numbers again. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. That's for the greater Toronto area. And toll free from just about anywhere. one 866 740 4740 866-740-4740. Say, have you checked out my podcast yet? If you enjoy this program, The Conspiracy Show, I'm pretty sure you're going to also enjoy my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Listen and subscribe at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. So 5G wireless technology, again, set to roll out sometime in 2020 or 2021 across the globe. It's being heralded as revolutionary. It's being said that it is integral to the Internet of all things, where everything, not just computers, are connected via the Internet. Your luggage, your refrigerator, your bottle of pills, everything. It's coming at us. There's no stopping it. The infrastructure requirements are huge. So we're looking at more data faster uploads and downloads, which will require small cells, 5G transmitters everywhere, hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions of small cells. Is it worth the health risks? What are the health risks? Magda Havis, PhD, is a retired associate professor of environmental and resource studies at Trent University, teaching research on the biological effects of environmental contaminants. And uh her book, Public Health SOS: The Shadow Side of the Wireless Revolution, is uh, available through Amazon. And again, she will be a speaker at the Total Health Show, April 12th to the 14th at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. TotalHealthShow.com. The TotalHealthShow.com uh for more information. Uh let me just let's go through the uh some of the ill effects again of, well, first of all, before we do that, what are the various types of, of e- EMF radiation that we need to be concerned about?
2: You mean what, what products in your home kind of thing? That
1: is no, what you're talking? no, no. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's microwave, but then there's also, you know, dirty electricity and, and different, okay, different right. types of radiation. Well, uh,
2: the, They fall into four different categories. One is called extremely low-frequency electromagnetic fields. And this comes from things like power lines, wiring in your home, any appliance that you have that's plugged into an electric outlet. Um, This gives off an electric field and a magnetic field. And it's been shown to be associated with childhood cancers, for example. So children are particularly sensitive to this form of um, high-magnetic fields. Then there's something called dirty electricity, which is part of the radio frequency spectrum. And it's basically um, um, on your wires. Uh, normally, a clean electricity is a nice, clean, smooth sine wave. And when you have energy-efficient appliances, when you have compact fluorescent light bulbs, LED light bulbs, certain types of um, electronic equipment, they pulse. And consequently, instead of having a nice, smooth sine wave... You now have something that has high frequencies on top of it, and it turns out these radio frequencies are biologically active, so they make people sick. Um, the third category is a combination of radio frequency and microwave. So microwaves are just part of the radio frequency spectrum; they're at the higher end. Anything about above 300 gigahertz is considered, um, oh, sorry, megahertz is considered um, microwave radiation, all the way up to 300 gigahertz. And once we get up above um, 10 gigahertz, we call that millimeter wave. So that's going to be part of the 5G rollout. There's a fourth type, and that's called ground current. And ground current is a serious problem in rural areas, particularly noticeable on dairy farms because it affects, affects milk production. Um, but it also has um, effects on farmers and people who have uh, ground current pollution in their community. And this is becoming an increasing problem that um, hasn't received very much attention at all. And it's due primarily to the uh, electric utility um, not um, distributing electricity appropriately. They're deliberately putting it into the ground because they don't want to spend money on wires. Um, so they're using the ground as a wire. And all of these four types are biologically harmful.
1: Now, when it comes to you know contaminants in the water, there are regulations uh, in terms of minimum amounts uh, or, or maximum amounts of, in terms of exposure of contaminants, parts per million or parts per billion. Are there any such guidelines or regulations regarding the amount of radiation, uh, electromagnetic radiation that we're exposed to?
2: We do have guidelines for uh, low frequency magnetic fields. The guideline is 1,000. No, in Canada it's 560 milligauss. But we found that um, 3 milligauss is associated with childhood leukemia. So 3 milligauss is childhood leukemia and our guidelines are 530 milligauss. And so they're not protective at all. Uh, We have guidelines for dirty electricity as well. And the electric utility is um, regulated so that they reduce the amount of dirty power. They have to produce clean power to bring that into your home. And they do a moderately good job. Uh, We tend to pollute the electricity once it gets into our home. So some of the problem is with our technology in the home rather than to the because of the utility. When it comes to uh, radio frequency microwaves, the uh, Health Canada establishes guidelines for that. And the federal communication establishes guidelines in the United States. um, But those guidelines are based entirely on a heating effect. So the concept is, if it doesn't heat your body, it doesn't harm you. And we found that um, the guidelines in the United States, for example, are at 1,000 microwatts per centimeter squared. And we're finding heart palpitations in people who are sensitive at 4 microwatts per centimeter squared. So. Oh, dear Lord. So the guidelines don't do anything to protect the public at all.
1: Uh, let's get a call in here. Kate is calling from Frankfurt. Kate, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you?
6: Good. How are you guys doing?
1: Consid- Terrific. And and Frankfurt, uh, Kentucky?
6: No, nope. nope. It, it's it's uh, about uh, hundred. Well, I'm
2: I'm miles. I missed all the uh, um, the, uh, the transition from. Uh, anyway, um, let's get to the point. I'm wondering about HARP. Is is there any connection
6: with HARP and 5G? Because it sounds with the uh, focused energy capabilities, they have that in common. And but that might be opening a, a whole new can of worms, it, or it might not be related at all. I don't know.
1: Great question, Kate. Thank you.
6: Yep.
2: Well, HARP is Go ahead, um, a large antenna array um, in Alaska. And um, they're doing experiments by bouncing off um, uh, microwave radiation off the ionosphere and... Seeing what it does, um, it's unclear why they have HARP. Um, they claim uh, it's just to do certain types of testing, um, but um, and some people claim that it has to do with climate, m- moderating the climate, and um, other people claim it's a weapon. So at this stage, I don't really know what what the how you know why it's used. It's there, um, but I don't know why it's used. Um, the only connection with HARP, I think, is that they're they're using microwave radiation. Um, so they're using, um, you know, similar uh, wave band uh, of radiation for HARP as they're using for 4G and 5G.
1: All right, Kate, thank you for that. Did you have a supplementary, a follow-up question?
2: Um, uh, I'm wondering if, it, if
6: if 5G or 4G even would have any effects on sleep. Um, oh, definitely. Yes.
2: Yeah, definitely. 4G already does. Um, it interferes with melatonin. It stimulates... Um, brainwave activity so you're, you know you're not going to be nearly as relaxed um, mm-hmm. it interferes with the circadian rhythm um, some of um, the earth's natural frequencies, the Schumann resonance mm-hmm. for example is being blocked to a certain degree. It's interfered with because of all these frequencies. And so people are having a terrible time falling asleep. Uh, And you can just look at sleep medication and, you know, all the commercials and ads for helping people get to sleep. It's a very serious problem. And if you don't sleep, you don't heal. So it it has uh, repercussions down the road.
6: Okay. Well, thank you very much.
1: Kate, thank you for the call. Uh, Richard is checking in from, I believe it's Minneapolis. Richard, welcome to The Conspiracy Show.
6: Thank you. Good morning to you both. Um, there's a lot of talk uh, about uh, people's obsession with total dependence on their devices. And I'm wondering if it's getting too far into crackpot territory to wonder if this is an intentional side effect of a change in brain chemistry. Uh,
2: well, it. it um, having people hooked on these devices is definitely uh, planned. Uh, the industry is, you know, ensuring that uh, no one wants to leave home without their cell phone, for example, because, um, you know, it becomes uh, the way that they interact with everyone. It's their camera. You know, it, it just basically uh, provides a lot of different functions for them that people want to have now. Um, and so it's, it's become an addiction. And there have been a number of studies where when people... Um, are asked not to use their cell phone, they go into a complete panic attack, just like they would if, you know, if you were trying to get an alcoholic off alcohol or someone who's hooked on drugs. So there's a, a real problem with the way that we're interacting with this technology, particularly for young people. Um, and not only, you know, is it addictive, but it's preventing them from getting a lot of exercise. So, you know, there's so many issues now with this technology it's um, being dealt with by, you know, psychiatrists and other types of doctors, uh, trying to protect children. And um, it's going to take a long time before we can really remedy that particular situation.
6: Okay, Richard, so we're did you have a follow-up? That the technocrats are not pursuing the and agenda. I'm sorry. So we're pretty certain that the technocrats are not pursuing the em and em agenda.
2: Um, you know, it's hard for me to get into the head of someone like I, I know this, is, you know, a conspiracy show. Um, but um, in order to determine whether something is uh, deliberate, um, whether you really want to harm people with technology, you have to get into the brain of someone who's doing that. And so uh-huh. because I don't have access to that, uh, I can't tell. But if you wanted to harm people, this is the perfect way of doing it.
1: Okay, there's, uh, You know, there's there's let it happen, make it happen. And just be glad it's happening. So sure. I think all those uh, in there somewhere is your answer, Richard. thanks for checking for checking in uh, from Minneapolis. Uh, oh, Sheldon is calling from Medicine Hat, and uh, we're well, great to have uh, Sheldon on. Medicine Hat, Alberta.
6: Welcome, hello, Sheldon. Hello, Richard. Uh, I'm a first time caller. I love your show, and uh, I think that this topic is is uh, much needed. Um, I would like to uh, ask uh, Dr. Havas, and forgive me, I haven't listened to the first uh, part of your program in case uh, she brought this up already, but there is uh, an article that was written in 2014 by Dr. Craig Maxwell, and the title is um, The Possible Smart Meter Autism Connection. Um, I-, I am diagnosed with high-functioning autism, and three of my children are. Uh, he writes that um, electromagnetic fields are linked to autism and sensory processing disorders. I wonder if Dr. Havas has studied this issue. Great question. Thank you, Sheldon.
2: Thank you, Sheldon. There is some evidence that there's a link with not only autism but attention deficit hyperactivity disorder as well. Um, And it turns out that um, if you're um, pregnant and you're exposed to a high um, uh, electromagnetic environment, then the probability of your children um, having some... Behavioral problems uh, in in you know in their youth is it increases quite substantially, and some of that work was done by Dr. Dietrich Linkhart in Washington State, um, and there's more and more research being done in this area. And as you are probably very much aware, um, you know the autism is is increasing exponentially in our population, so is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and so <clears throat> if you Sort of project this into the future it's it's absolutely devastating who's going to take care of all of these children uh, you know that are not high functioning, who have real serious problems in uh, navigating through through a normal day?
1: Uh, Sheldon, thank you for the call. Thank oh did you have a, a, a further question, Sheldon?
6: Well, I, I was just wondering about any defensive measures like uh, aside from going out in the grid, going off the grid and Moving up to northern BC, if, if there's any uh, defensive measures that we can take?
2: Oh, there's a huge number that you can take. Um, the critical thing is that you, you get your home as electromagnetically clean as possible. I call this electromagnetic hygiene. <clears throat> there's different products that you can buy. So in your bedroom, your bedroom is the most important room to get clean. So that would be where to start. Uh, it's important that you not have wireless technology in your home. I don't have any wireless technology in my home. Um, I, everything is wired, so this connection is all wired. My headset is, is wired. It's not wireless. Um, make sure that, you you know, instead of using Wi-Fi, you use Ethernet cable, for example. Uh, make sure that if you have a cordless phone, you replace it with a corded phone and multiple phones in different rooms. Um, Uh, Any kind of games that your children might have uh, that are wireless, make sure that they're wired. Um, If the radiation is coming from outside of your home, from a nearby cell tower, for example, and you're not prepared to move or you can't move for whatever reason, um, then what you can do is shield uh, against that radiation. There's paint available. There's film you can put on your windows that will block some of the radiation. Um, There's canopies that you can put around your bed. Um, there's clothing that you can wear that has uh, silver in it that will block uh, some of the radiation as well. So there's a heck of a lot you can do to make your home clean. And if it's electromagnetically clean, then the chances of developing electrohypersensitivity diminish quite considerably. And there's a company in Canada that sells this technology, and it's called can – I, can I say the name of the company? Yes, yes please. Yes. It's called um, Safe Living Technology. Uh, com and and their website is www.slt.co, w dot dot co not com triple um dot co and they have meters that you can buy I encourage everyone to buy a, a very small inexpensive meter it's called Acousticom two and it costs about two hundred and two hundred dollars two hundred and fifty dollars and it will tell you if you have microwaves, uh, in your home. It will pick up a smart meter. It will pick up your microwave oven if you turn it on. Uh, by the way, we've tested a lot of microwave ovens. Most of them leak. And they leak. Uh, the power intensity is really quite high. And, uh, what I recommend is that when you use your microwave oven, you actually move totally out of the room and move as far away from it as possible. Because you can pick up that radiation at a, at, you know, 50 meters quite easily from a leaky microwave. So by using that uh, meter, it will alert you to what's available, what's in your home, and then what you can do is actually um, um, uh, shield it, shield yourself uh, from that radiation. The only other thing I would recommend is that um, there's also something called, um, because of the dirty electricity, you can put... um, uh, filters that are capacitors, you can plug them into your electric outlets and this will get rid of the dirty electricity. And um, I think it's getpurepower.com, I think. I'm, I might have to check that. But getPurePower sells these filters in Canada as well. And all you do is plug them into your electric outlets. It shorts out the dirty electricity and it really um, benefits your health as a result. 416-360
1: 0740 in the Greater Toronto Area to get on board with Dr. Magda Havas as we continue to delve into the health, the adverse health effects of not only 5G, but 4G and 3G and other forms of um, microwave energy. 416 360 0740 and toll free from out of town. 1 866 740 4740. 1 866 740 4740. We'll get to more calls after the break, but I wanted you you mentioned autism and uh, it's uh, obviously we're talking about uh, an epidemic here. And uh, I mean, the 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 legacy costs are just going forward. It's it's going to bankrupt uh, governments around around the country, perhaps even around the world at some point if we don't get a handle on this. But is it I mean, autism is not necessarily, you know, one disorder I mean it's it is it not a, a collection of of various uh, disorders which could all have various causes
2: totally uh, it's more than just uh, electromagnetic pollution that contributes to autism. Um, I know this is a controversial topic, but I think um, uh, some of the vaccines that we've been injecting infants with and children with is contributing to autism as well because of the mercury that was uh, used as a preservative.
1: All right, well, uh, I want to pick up on that. It is controversial. Maybe they'll yank us off the air for talking about it, but we must, and we will. On the other side, Dr. Magda, have us right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away.
0: Canada, The Conspiracy Show with
1: Richard Seren from Zuma
0: Radio, AM 740.
1: And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are indeed among friends. Dr. Magda Havis is standing by with a dire warning about 5G, fifth-generation wireless technology set to roll out to every city, village, hamlet, farm across the globe in 2020 or 2021. And she'll be with us for the full two hours. In the second hour, we'll open the phone lines for questions and comments. That's in the second hour. So just sit tight, keep your powder dry, and listen To the conversation for the first hour and then we welcome your participation in the second hour a couple of quick announcements before we get rolling i'm happy to say that my youtube channel strange planet has been monetized once again and we're not sure how long this will last my live stream producer ryan reapplied after it was demonetized back in january however certain episodes are being demonetized the most recent one if i remember correctly ryan was a part one of a multi-part series on jfk which was my conspiracy unlimited podcast we post the podcasts on the youtube channel as well as this radio program so they demonetized part one uh, of the jfk series that was with the james d eugenio so it seems quite arbitrary I guess anything deemed somewhat controversial is is, uh, likely to be flagged and uh, demonetized. So we shall see what uh, what happens with tonight's program on the dangers of 5G. What are the odds this one will be demonetized? Uh, Hey, I had a great time hosting Coast to Coast AM this past Friday and Saturday night, and I hope you had a, a chance to tune in. I don't have dates yet for April. Uh, but as soon as I know, I'll let you know. And the best way for me to communicate those uh, those dates and times with you is uh, through the website. So keep checking the appearances and live events page up at strangeplanet.ca. That's the website, strangeplanet.ca. Uh, and so I will uh, continue to urge listeners of The Conspiracy Show and my my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, uh, to support our work by uh, visiting patreon.com forward slash strange planet, uh, consider becoming a donor. There are several tiers available. Uh, you can be eligible for exclusive monthly video hangouts with me, exclusive monthly online chats uh, with me, monthly draws for strange planet merchandise, etc. patreon.com forward slash strange planet. And then, very quickly, one last more, one, one last item. Uh, next week on the program, Jen Hobbs. The author of American Hemp, How Growing Our Newest Cash Crop Can Improve Our Health, Clean Our Environment, and Slow Climate Change. That's next week on The Conspiracy Show. Jen Hobbs on American Hemp. 5G technology is being promoted as the the vehicle that will deliver faster wireless speeds for mobile users and spur uh, new innovation for Internet-connected devices. And despite the promise of abundant consumer benefits with every new technological advance, there are always uh, questions about the validity and or the rationale for futuristic new devices. In the case of 5G, multiple sources and multiple studies are claiming that the technology carries negative health effects caused by cell tower radiation. The critique is that cell towers will broadcast higher frequency signals to sustain the larger amounts of data required by more intensive data transmissions. Higher frequency transmissions mean signals dissipate quicker than 3G or 4G, and therefore more cell towers will be required. Critics claim the closer a person is located to antennas such as cell phone towers, small cells and mobile devices, the worse off they are. Research conducted at the Paris Descartes University in 2014 found that sensitivity to EMF can be objectively diagnosed by commercially available simple tests and that EMFs cause inflammation, oxidative stress, autoimmune conditions, as well as disrupting the circadian rhythm of organic living beings. Dr. Magda Havis. A biologist at Ontario's Trent University estimates 3% of the population has severe reactions to EMFs, and another 35% are compromised by a variety of negative externalities, including poor sleep, depression, reduced concentration, and higher anxiety. More extreme symptoms can include heart trouble, dizziness, nausea, and difficulties with movement, according to Dr. Havas. Superficial effects such as depression, anxiety, and sleep, however, may only be the tip of the iceberg. And again, Dr. Havas here with us again for the full two hours to discuss the possible dangers of 5G wireless technology. Dr. Havas is a retired associate professor of environmental and resource studies at Trent University, where she teaches and does research On the Biological Effects of Environmental Contaminants. Public Health SOS, The Shadow Side of the Wireless Revolution. Her book is available uh, through Amazon. And we should also point out that Dr. Havis will be a speaker at the Total Health Show happening April 12th to the 14th at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, North America's premier natural health show bringing cutting-edge knowledge to Canadians from the leading innovators in the natural health field for over 42 years. And again, that's the Total Health Show, 12th to the 14th of April at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. Now, let's welcome Dr. Havis back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, Magda?
2: I'm well, thank you, Richard.
1: So 5G, first of all, just walk us through the evolution, starting, I guess, with with 1G in the 1980s. Just give us a sense of how it's kind of ramped up.
2: Well, we've gone from 1G to 2G, 3G, 4G, and now 5G, and I think President Trump is even asking for 6G, whatever that might be. Um, And initially, the the 1G, the first generation, was simply the large brick cell phone that people, um, a few people, were able to afford. Often these were, you know, business people who um, needed it for work. And they were fairly powerful um, transmitters, and there weren't very many antennas around at the time. And the only thing it could do was voice. Now we have um, cordless phone or um, cell phones that um, do voice, do data, do video. Um, they can, you know, um, help you locate uh, yourself with GPS. So they have multiple antennas. Um, and most of them are working at 3G and 4G. A few places in the world still have 2G. And now we're going to be ramping that up to 5G, uh, which is a much faster uh, data download um, technology.
1: So the idea is faster uploads, faster downloads, more data. Correct. Now, uh, uh, Tom Wheeler, uh, the uh, I'm not sure if he's still the FCC chair, but back in no, 2016 he when he... Yeah. He's not. OK, no, he's no longer but, but he he that back in 2016, he was kind of announcing the rollout of, of 5G. And I think at that time they were projecting 2020 or 2021. And Wheeler uh, said at the, uh, the press club in Washington, if anyone claims they know what 5G is or what it's going to become, rather, if anyone claims they know what 5G is going to become, run the other way. What what do you think he meant by that exactly?
2: Well, I think 5G is going to evolve, and because of that, uh, we don't really know how it's going to end up being used. We don't even know the exact frequencies that they're going to use for 5G. Um, and so right now, we're all doing um, you know the best guess based on uh, the technology that we currently have available, what little information is provided to us by the telecom industry, and we're trying to make predictions based on really very limited data. So I agree with him. Um, we have no idea what the future has in store for us because there's going to be a lot of really ingenious people who are going to take this technology and run with it and design all sorts of things that, you know, we, we just don't know what they're going to be yet.
1: I, I recently watched uh, the doc 5G Apocalypse, the extinction event, with uh, which was, I guess, directed by Sasha Stone. And in the doc... Ah, uh, there is a scientist uh, slash weapons expert from Northern England, uh, Mark Steele, and uh, he is issuing uh, a dire warning also about about five G. Are you familiar with the research and the work of of Mark Steele?
2: No, I'm not.
1: Well, he's up in Gateshead in Northern England, and uh, he says that that they are, uh, I guess. Gateshead is kind of an early adapter. They're already uh, getting ready for 5G. They are hooking up transmitters, and they are placing them in the uh, LED streetlights. And uh, he says that, that he's getting reports, widespread reports, in the, the, the town of Gateshead of nosebleeds, children having nosebleeds Where you know prior to the installation of these five G transmitters, they had none. So what what is the connection between five G wireless and and nosebleeds? Is this is this common?
2: Well, we're already experiencing nosebleeds, um, particularly with children, Uh, with the four G technology and three G technology. This is one of the symptoms of electro hypersensitivity, for example. So in addition to the symptoms that you mentioned in the introduction with poor sleep, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, uh, dizziness, um, heart problems, um, skin problems. Uh, one of the symptoms is our nosebleeds among children. Uh, bedwetting at night is another symptom uh, that seems to disappear if you get rid of the radiation in the bedroom. And, um, and so there are a lot of, lot of symptoms that have been associated with 3G and 4G technology and my guess, and it's just a guess at this stage, is that some of those symptoms are just going to become a lot worse.
1: Now, I'm not uh, a scientist, obviously, and I don't understand a great deal about you know, elect- electricity and electronics. But according to Steele, again, and this is in the, uh, the documentary 5G Apocalypse, the extinction event, he talks about the European Council and how they have set this regulation. They passed a law, uh, and and said that the maximum allowable, I guess, dose or or frequency is two hundred millivolts. Two hundred millivolts, and again, up in Gateshead, in these bedrooms where children are sleeping, he's getting readings from six hundred millivolts volts, six hundred millivolts, all the way up to four thousand millivolts. So, three times or 20 times the the allowable uh, exposure, if you will. So if, if 5G rolls out across the world, and this is not just in urban centers, this is going to be in rural areas everywhere. That's the idea. Are we going to be exposed to 600 to 4,000 millivolts all the time? And what are the dangers of that?
2: Well, you've actually hit the nail on the head. It is it is going to be constant exposure, just like it is with 4G right now. And it's this constant exposure that the body can't tolerate. So if we were only exposed for an hour a day, for example, or, you know, a few minutes a day, it probably wouldn't do any harm. But because we're constantly exposed, the radiation is coming in packets. Um, it's not a, a smooth information. It's actually being pulsed. And um, living organisms can't handle this pulsed information. We haven't been exposed to it evolutionarily. Uh, we don't have uh, microwave radiation coming from natural sources. There's a little bit coming from outer space, but it's uh, very, very weak. And we need uh, large telescopes in order to pick it up. <clears throat> so with this, these antennas being present on homes every, you know, three to five homes, depending on the density of the housing, it means that basically we're going to be bathed in microwave radiation and, and this 5G, a lot of it will be millimeter radiation, which is at a much higher frequency. And uh, the human body just can't tolerate that on a constant basis.
1: Talk to me about the effect on the brain. What happens to the brain uh, well, since the atmosphere has really become permeated with uh, electric waves, electromagnetic uh, waves, what are the what are the uh, biological effects on the brain?
2: Well, there are a number of them. One is that it affects brainwave activity, and we know from people who do sleep research that um, there are different brainwave um, frequencies that have been given different names. And so, when you're when you're sleeping, your brainwaves are actually quite slow, and they're in delta and theta. Um, just a few um, cycles per second. And as you become um, more aroused, you begin to enter an alpha state, which is a a meditative state. And then when you're hyper-aroused, you go into beta and gamma radiation, uh, gamma waves, it's not gamma radiation. They're two different things. And so one of the things we've noticed is that if you expose the the head to microwave frequencies from 3G and 4G, it will alter brainwave activity, and it will alter it after you stopped using your cell phone. And this is one of the things that can interfere with sleep. There's too much arousal going on in the brain, and so people have a hard time falling asleep as a result of that. There's other things contributing to poor sleep. It interferes with melatonin production, and melatonin is, is the neurotransmitter that helps us get to sleep. Um, it also uh, controls our circadian rhythm. So a lot of people who are using the current technology, the Wi-Fi, for example, that they have in their homes at 2.45 gigahertz, which is um, not, not uh, 5G yet, um, even those frequencies are causing problems. The other thing we're noticing is that people who use cell phones and hold it directly up to their head, um, they develop a variety of tumors, the most common one is gliomas, which is a, a, brain tumor. There's also meningiomas, which is a tumor of the lining of the brain. Um, they uh, uh, have uh, something called acoustic neuroma, which affects the, the, nerve that's responsible for ability to hear. Um, There's salivary gland tumors, and your salivary gland is just, just you know, um, below your cheek, for example. And a lot of these tumors, some of them are, are um, non-carcinogenic, others are carcinogenic. And they tend to happen on the same side of the head that you hold your cell phone to. So the well, that, higher the that's interesting. Uh, the, higher, the greater the risk of developing these types of tumors.
1: That's interesting because uh, the late Senator John McCain, I, he, before he died, after his, his surgery, the, you could see where the scar was, the surgical scar on his face. And and again, uh, that is, you know, it wasn't the top of the head. It wasn't, you know, to the, the back of the scalp. It was right on the side, you know, around the ear where you would hold the cell phone. Now, we can't say with 100% certainty that John McCain, his brain cancer came from cell phone use, but we've seen – congressmen, senators, politicians are constantly walking around with a cell phone to their ear, talking to their aides and, and, and so forth. And,
6: so uh, and
1: LeBron Senator James.
2: Kennedy.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Senator Kennedy mm-hmm. had the same type of cancer. And LeBron James, you mentioned a cancer of the um, uh, the um, salivary gland. Yeah, uh, he he had that. And then uh, lo and behold, he gets this major endorsement deal. I believe it's with Samsung, if I'm not mistaken. What do we to, what do we do to, uh, to make of that? Is that uh, was that to make him hush up? Or
2: well, a number of universities where there's um, uh, professors doing research in this area. <clears throat> if they're doing research and finding adverse effects, very often the telecom industry will come and give a large donation to the university, and request that certain types of research not be conducted. And this has gone on for decades, nothing new. Um, But unfortunately, it prevents um, independent research being done, because currently, um, there's incredibly little research being done in North America, um, despite the fact that uh, over a million people in Canada are likely electrically hypersensitive, and in the United States, it's likely to be close to 10 million people. Everyone's exposed to this radiation, and yet um, the government is not doing anything to fund research to find out what the long-term health consequences are. And I think that's due primarily to the telecom industry.
1: I understand that the United States federal government has passed uh, a law or several laws uh, which in some cases can make it a crime to speak out against the the ill effects of of cell towers and and exposure to to EMF. Have you heard about this?
2: No, I haven't. Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of disturbing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's reminiscent of of uh, how pharmaceuticals uh, have been protected, and and uh, you can't sue you can't sue pharmaceuticals or uh, vaccination manufacturers and so forth. Uh, they've you know they set up sort of a secret court system to deal with that so it seems like a repeat uh, of that I, I'd like to get more information on that um, if possible when I can but I'd like to know more about these laws I'm hearing right. about them they've passed right. some regulations and, and uh, again you can't speak out uh, against the ill effects of, uh, of electromagnetic uh, radiation so but, 5G know, one, of the differences,
2: one of the differences between the pharmaceutical industry and the telecom industry and I'm I'm not a big fan of Big Pharma, so, um, but at least they test their products before, you know, they release them to the public, and with 5G, we're not doing any kind of testing. Excellent uh,
1: point. Dr. Havis, I've got to take a quick time out. Uh, Sit tight. We'll come back, and we'll continue to delve into the possible dangers of 5G with Dr. Magda Havis. My name is Richard Serrett. This is a conspiracy show. Don't go away.
0: The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show, with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio.
1: Uh, some are calling the uh, the rollout of 5G wireless technology, which is really, it's staring us in the face coming uh, 20, 2020, maybe 2021 at the latest, around the world. Some are calling this rollout a massive health experiment. Uh, Dr. Magda Havis is uh, with us, and again, she will be a speaker at the Total Health Show, April twelfth to the fourteenth at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, and uh, it's interesting, you know the uh, the the five G technology, the uh, the wave I guess the wavelength that it's using. I'm told or I understand is the same uh, wavelength being used by uh, for the Pentagon's active denial system. This is uh, this this technology which uh, it's like um, uh, crowd control. It's used in crowd control. And and people have this uh, – they disperse crowds because people feel like their their skin is burning. It, it, it's like it, uh, exciting the molecules just under the, the surface of your skin in much the way, I guess, that a microwave would boil water. So that's kind of frightening. This is the same technology being used in 5G and in the Pentagon's active denial system. So what is it, a weapon?
2: It is. um, It's basically 5G on steroids. It's a very powerful weapon um, that uh, consists of a a vehicle, so you can move it around, a large um, sort of cone antenna on it um, that can be aimed at uh, different locations, and basically it's like playing a video game. You line up the people you want to irradiate, and then you basically push a button, and it causes intense heat very, very quickly to, and, and it will disperse crowds, that, uh, so you can aim it at one individual or you can aim it at a group of individuals and it's used for crowd control. And the military will tell you that <clears throat> it's totally safe, there's uh, no long-term effects, it only penetrates, you know, about three millimeters into the skin um, and to a certain degree that's true, um, it doesn't penetrate as deeply. However, your eyes aren't protected, and I think if they start aiming these weapons at people, um, then we're going to end up having problems with um, the lens of the eye being adversely affected, because we know the eye and the testicles are two very sensitive uh, organs in your body. When they tested this technology, when the US military tested this technology, they had uh, military personnel put on you know really heavy winter gear and it went right through. It just doesn't matter what clothing you're wearing, um, it causes intense pain.
1: You mentioned the eyes, and uh, this is interesting because this is purely anecdotal, but you may have some hard data on this. I've noticed, and I have family members uh, quite young, having cataract surgery. Uh, you know, cataract surgery used to be for people in their 70s and their 80s. And now I know people in their 50s, even in their late 40s, suddenly having cataract surgery. Is there any data or is there a correlation between early onset of cataracts and not not just 5G because it hasn't arrived yet, but just this electronic smog that we're walking around in 24-7? That's
2: correct. Uh, one of the first things that the U.S. military discovered is that if you're exposed to microwaves, if your eyes are exposed to microwaves, you'll develop cataracts. And they did studies with rabbits and rats and all sorts of different organisms in the lab. Uh, And this was one of the consistent uh, results. Now you can imagine that we've got young people now who sit in front of a TV uh, set or a computer screen, and they're getting some of that electromagnetic energy right into their eyes. Um, They might have it on Wi-Fi, which would uh, um, contribute to microwave radiation. Uh, but some of the screens actually flicker, and that's causing damage to the eyes as well. So um, the light bulbs that we have currently today are really bad for the eyes. Um, the A lot of computer screens are really bad for the eyes, and then if you add on top of that microwave radiation, then, you know, you're damaging the eyes all the time.
1: I mentioned Mark Steele, uh, f- who is, again, fe- featured prominently in... Uh, Sasha Stone's documentary, 5G Apocalypse, the Extinction Event. It's available on YouTube for those that haven't seen it. And uh, it's a great it's a great primer uh, for for what is coming uh, at us like a freight train. And that is the rollout of 5G. And again, getting back to Steele, uh, he talks about f- these 5G transmitters. And I mean, they're going to be densely packed I- into uh, into neighborhoods uh, if you think you know there's an abundance of cell towers uh wait till 5G comes and uh, you know they're kind of cleverly disguising them some of sometimes they'll they'll look like an artificial christmas tree and so forth but he he says and he again he's a weapons expert that this these 5G transmitters can 3D map the surrounding environment which would include your home my home and and it can penetrate that the 5G uh the, uh, the wavelength can, can, tra- uh, can uh, penetrate concrete and bricks so they could 3D map inside our homes.
2: That's possible. Although one of the things that um, Tom Wheeler uh, states and a lot of the people who do research in 5G technology, <clears throat> the technocrats, uh, one of the things they're saying is that the 5G doesn't penetrate readily through buildings. Um, and there was someone who went out, and they're they're beginning to test 5G now. So there's a rollout of 5G uh, entirely for testing purposes. And one of the things they're saying is that, uh, despite the fact that they thought it wouldn't penetrate buildings, it seems to be penetrating buildings. So some of their predictions aren't um, aren't coming to fruition, and this is not good news for the rest of us because it means that they're going to turn up the uh, intensity. And because of that, you're going to get penetration right into your home as well. And I think it's going to go a lot deeper than just three millimeters into your skin. Um, The levels will be lower, so it'll attenuate very quickly, but certainly it'll get deeper. And a lot of our nerve endings are right at the skin surface. That's how we feel things. You know, we've got a sense of touch. And all of those nerve endings are potentially um, exposed to, will be exposed to 5G radiation.
1: Uh, this is all starting to sound like the uh, the attacks in Cuba on U.S. and Canadian embassy staff, mm-hmm. doesn't it?
2: Yeah, very much so. the The first attack um, that was recorded was actually in Moscow at the embassy, the U.S. embassy in Moscow, and that was back in the 60s and 70s. And what they found is that the building across the street from the embassy was irradiating the personnel who were working at the embassy and. A number of them developed the symptoms that we now associate with electrohypersensitivity. They were sick, and they were given more money for sick pay. Initially, they thought it was the water quality in Moscow uh, that was causing the problem, Um, and then they realized it was radiation uh, that was coming from across the the street. Um, And a number of the um, people there developed leukemia, which is another common cancer um, that we get from exposure to antennas, so not the cell phone. Uh, but the antennas that are communicating with the cell phone, um, as well as you know, radar, um, microwaves from radar, um, are contributing to leukemia as well. So people who live near these antennas, whether it's a military base or an airport or they have a cell phone antenna across the street from them or a broadcast antenna, TV and radio broadcast antennas, there's an increased risk of these individuals developing leukemia if they live... You know, within about four or five hundred uh, meters of the antennas,
1: and microwave microwaves uh, were used in the Second World War. Obviously, during early radar development by the Germans and the British, uh, but they were also used as weapons that far back, uh, or, and and, and uh, you know, against against uh, protesters. I understand in the in the sixties and seventies. They were, against, they were used against the Catholics in Northern Ireland, according to some reports, by the British government.
2: Okay, I wasn't aware of that. I, I do know that um, the first time that we've been exposed to microwaves on this planet from man-made sources was really during World War II. And it was primarily <clears throat> the pilots who were flying the planes, um, who were being tracked by radar, and the radar operators. There, that, that was primarily those two groups of people who were exposed. And then uh, we realized that microwave radiation heats water, and that's how we got the microwave oven, which was originally called the radar range, um, and women didn't like to have the concept of a radar range in their kitchen, um, so they changed it to uh, microwave uh, oven instead of a radar range. And um, so they started using microwaves for heating, particularly heating plastics. And so there was an occupational exposure uh, shortly after, you know, the 1950s and 60s. And at that time, a lot of the research that was done on microwave radiation was actually classified. Uh, You can get uh, whoever was doing research, um, the research was classified, and it wasn't made available to the public. And in 1971 and 72, um, there was a military expert, uh, the microwave expert for the U.S. uh, Navy, was a doctor Zori Glazier, and he published a paper in one thousand nine hundred and seventy two that listed over two thousand studies um, dealing with radio frequency and microwave radiation and the biological effects. So that long ago we realized that this form of radiation is actually harmful, and around that time they were coming in with guidelines for the United States, so you know what are these military personnel uh, allowed to be exposed to? And that guideline um, hasn't been changed since um, about the early 1980s. Um, and, And so we're really living with guidelines that are intended to protect Military personnel, mostly men, physically fit, you know, six foot, 180 pounds. Right, um, right.
6: And-
1: not ne- not to small children and so forth, and, uh, or with uh, the elderly, for example. We'll take another time out, uh, Magda, and we'll come back and uh, continue to talk about the adverse health effects of 5G technology coming our way. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away.
0: Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show
1: with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Magda Havis is with us, and she stays for the full two hours. And we will open the phone lines for questions and comments beginning at the top of this hour. So have those at the ready. And we will roll out the phone numbers as we approach the top of the hour. Uh, so that you can call in. Uh, we are talking about the possible adverse health effects of five G. I mean, it's I say possible. I mean, there's been how many how many studies, uh, peer reviewed studies. Uh, you can read them in PubMed and 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 elsewhere about the the uh, the biological effects of uh, various types of. Electrical radiation. I mean, how many studies are there, Magda, that you're aware of? Thousands, tens of
2: thousands? Tens of thousands. Definitely. We, as I mentioned, we had over two thousand back in 1972, and um, we're just adding more and more studies every day.
1: And again, these are peer-reviewed, so it's not even a question. There's no question about this anymore, correct?
2: Absolutely not. Uh, The only people who question it are people who work for the telecom industry and who are paid to. Uh, basically provide disinformation, and um, they're actually encouraged to criticize anyone who speaks out about this um, and anyone who does research. So it's it's difficult to get research funding for this kind of research. So a lot of the work is being done in Europe and Asia and in different parts of the world and not really here in North America.
1: When you think about microwaves, if they do what we're told they do, and and the science seems to back that up, they really are the perfect weapon, aren't they? I mean, because you can, you can slowly kill someone from a distance, right?
2: Very easily.
1: And is it true that the low, lower uh, doses of radiation or lower levels of microwave energy are more lethal than higher levels? Did not I ne- read that correctly?
2: Not necessarily. Um, uh, there was a, a professor in California, Dr. Ross Aidey who found that uh, when they did studies and very carefully controlled studies, they found that there was something called frequency windows and intensity windows, which means that when they tested different uh, intensities, uh, sometimes you would get a peak and then it would go down again. So um, if at a lower intensity, there was no effect, no effect, and then you increase the intensity, you started to have an effect. And then if you continued to increase the intensity, the effect went down as well. And so you really have to know what the intensity is, what the frequency is, because there's also frequency windows. Different frequencies have different biological effects. And actually, some of the frequencies um, that are being used currently uh, are therapeutic. So, not all frequencies, not all electromagnetic frequencies are bad for you. Some of them are good for you. The problem is, even the good frequencies, if you're exposed continuously, Your body simply can't tolerate it, and and it turns into a bad frequency.
1: So, again, this is a hypothetical, but I'm assuming, I'd be pretty confident in assuming that the technology exists, that if someone uh, wanted to target another individual uh, and and, and point microwave energy at them 24-7, again, Microwave energy that can penetrate concrete or bricks—you uh, could you could give someone over the course of a, a couple of years—you could give them cancer deliberately. Probably, is that probably, is that fair to
2: say? Yes, totally. Probably even faster than a couple of years uh, uh, if you use the right frequencies and the right intensities, you can cause a heck of a lot of damage to individuals. So it's a it's a perfect weapon because you don't know you're being exposed unless you have a meter. And actually, I've been contacted by people who have spent time in. Um, overseas, uh, who are working for the U.S. government, and they feel that they've been attacked um, by microwaves, and one of the reasons they think it was microwaves is that sometimes their lights would flicker. Um, you know, if you have um, fluorescent light bulbs, for example, microwaves will actually um, encourage them to, to glow a different way. So um, so there are ways of, of determining if you're exposed even without meters. Um, um And so one of the concerns is that this 5G technology, although it's intended for good purposes, uh, it can be weaponized, and I don't know how readily it can be weaponized based on the cellular antennas that they're going to, they're called small cells, uh, based on the small cells they're going to put out there. If the intensity can be turned up on these small cells, and I think they can to a certain degree, they can be controlled, um, then they can be used as weapons as well
1: and and we're told that 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 5G is so important because now we're we're moving uh, to the internet of all things the internet of things rather than just connecting computers via the internet now everything your refrigerator uh, your luggage a bottle of pills all of these things will be con- will be connected via the, the internet and 5G is is absolutely essential for this to happen so we are talking about, what, hundreds of billions of small cells that will be required?
2: Oh, yes. And, and of course, we're going to be the ones who end up paying for it right now. The industry is funding it with some help from different governments. But ultimately, it's going to be the people who, use, who end up being forced to use the technology who will be paying for all of these antennas. Uh, right now, it's really difficult to buy um, appliances that aren't smart appliances, which means that they send out a signal, a uh, microwave signal, every you know, few times a minute uh, to connect with a smart meter, and some of the smart meters aren't ready to talk to these smart appliances yet, and that's based on 4G technology. So for that, we really don't need 5G technology. What's really fascinating to me is when x-rays were first um, discovered.
1: Magda, sorry for the interruption. This was a short segment. We'll, we'll come back no to problem. x-rays on the other side. Dr. Magda, have with us here on The Conspiracy Show talking 5G. Get on board at the top of the hour. Back with more. Stay with us on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. This
0: podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.